Welcome back to the Athlete Hackers Podcast. My name's Chris Schrade. And I'm Mark Spellman. Hope all is well. And everybody's doing what they need to do, need to be doing to be safe and happy. Squats and squat form in eight to 11-year-olds. Now, before we get into the story about how we came up with this topic, Mark, um, I think it's important, uh, something we'll probably continue to touch on, to section out the age groups that we see that are different, we do different things with and are in our different forms of their athletic career uh, for our listeners. Um, and the age groups we're looking at third to fifth graders, which are eight to 11 year olds, which we'll be talking about today, uh, sixth to eighth graders, uh, 12 to 14, uh, the high school age kids, 14 to 18, and then the college kids, 18 plus. Yeah, it's basically broken down elementary, middle, high, and then college. Yeah, yeah. So today, uh, the topic is called squats and squat form in 8 to 11-year-olds. And this is one of the reasons we started this podcast is because from time to time, as I'm trying to train my son and make him a better athlete, um, I'd have questions in the strength and conditioning genre and I'd text Mark or call Mark. And, uh, you know, I, I felt like I had a special connection. One of my friends was a strength coach and I wanted to bring that connection to the whole world. Sucker. <laughs> so the other day, um, I was working out with Aiden and, um, I, I took a, uh, a bow staff, which is, a a Japanese weapon from karate. And I had him start doing squat forms. I didn't want to put any weight on him yet because he's not ready for that. But I wanted to start training the mechanics for the form for a squat so that when he's ready to start doing weight, when he gets around to that, the mechanics are all in place first. And I took a video and I sent it to Mark. And I said, you know, what do you think about his form? To which Mark replied, uh, I'd go with front squats or deadlifts first. Yep. And I said, usually the way I would follow that up is why? And we'd go into great detail, but I figured let's save that for a podcast. So just like everyone listening, uh, I don't have the answer to this. We've, we've uh, kept this information for everyone to hear, including myself. Um, I think, you know, and we talked off air about this. I really wouldn't back squat an athlete probably until their sophomore, junior year of high school. Um, that being said, you can still get the physical adaptations that you're desiring by doing a deadlift, a front squat, a goblet squat. You know, I'd, 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 I'd I'd probably start first with a trap bar deadlift. Then I'd probably go free weight, uh, free weight bar uh, deadlift. Then a goblet squat, then a front squat, then uh, progress to a back squat. Now, what's the reasoning for staying away from the back squats? Well, I mean, I, I don't really want to load up their spine. I, I want to make sure that they have proper form and technique first. Um, you probably saw when you put the, the bow staff 
on uh, Aiden's back, you know, even though there's no weight, he has to control it. He has to get his arms back. You know, you're you're lo you're loading yourself posteriorly, so automatically that's going to change your body position. Um, you know, and as we were talking, if you want to see a, a a squat done properly, check out newborns, and I don't mean newborns, but like infants. They they squat the best, and and a lot of that is people get away from it being it, it's one of those things called a pro primal movement so the ability to hinge at your hips and squat it's something that we are in can instinct instinctually do uh if you if you have like a three or four year old and you have them pick something off the ground you'll see them go down they'll shift their hips They'll, they'll hinge their hips, they'll go down, they'll bring it up in a perfect deadlift form, and then they'll put it wherever you tell them to put it. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of uh, a result of modern day living, sitting in chairs for too long, and even toilets, not to, yeah. not to be disgusting, but you know, the Western world sits on toilets where another half of the world actually squats down how many ever times a day, all the way down into that squat position, to go to the bathroom to relieve themselves and they're constantly getting that motion and keeping those uh those joints and those muscles conditioned to do that well i was it was funny because i was listening to uh i was listening to one of the uh functional movement screen guys uh last week and he's like you know he, he was dealing with a doctor and the doc and and he would have all of his patients deadlift and uh doctor came out and was like, guys, you can't deadlift anymore, or I don't want you to deadlift. And then they were like, how about we hip hinge? And the doctor's like, yeah, you can do that. You can hip hinge. Well, I mean, deadlifting to deadlift, you have to hip hinge. <laughs> so, I mean, they just changed, they changed the, I mean, they, they had fun with the doctor first and foremost, because a lot of doctors, unfortunately, don't know uh, what uh, strength and conditioning and physical therapists do, uh, unfortunately. So he just, I mean, he has all of his patients uh, hip hinge or deadlift because it's a great exercise. I, I think maybe some of the precautions that people have toward it have more to do with uh, people getting injured because number one, they're not performing the mechanics properly. And number two, their body has not um, been prepared for the amount of resistance that they try to start off with well and, and that's the mistake i mean they see somebody who's doing a thousand pound deadlift well guess what that person didn't get to a thousand pound deadlift without no. doing 100 pounds first yeah he's been he's been doing this stuff for years yeah i mean just because somebody else is doing it doesn't mean you should do it and if he stops for any any amount of time he's gonna, not going to be touching a thousand pounds anywhere close so let's not even take into account the people that have not really done this at all, even someone who's been training for a long time, if you're in a, uh, uh, if you've been injured or you took some time off of whatever, you got to start from the beginning and work your way up. You got to, you got to groove the pattern. You got to make sure that your movement pattern is proper before you load it. I mean, it's one of the things that I ham I've been hammering on with these podcasts that if you don't move efficiently and effectively, you better not load the movement because if you load the movement and you're moving improperly, you are going to get injured. 
I don't know when, but you will. Yeah. So getting back to getting back to the squat, um, you know, I would just I would start in the I would start in the front. I would start uh, anteriorly, and then I'd work back posteriorly. Um, you know, front to back, make sureing that they can, you know, can you pick up something off the ground properly? Can you can you hinge your hips, keeping your body upright, keeping your core tight? Once again, most people don't know what their core is, but it's everything basically from your armpit to your knees, everything in front, everything in back. Once again, everything in back is really important because most people forget about that when they're training their core. Hmm. Um, so can they brace their core? Can they brace their core before they lift? If you can't brace it, guess what? It's going to not go well for the lift. There's other work that you've got to do before you get there. Exactly. And then also the importance of uh, your breathing mechanics. You know, I, I, you know, during this pandemic, I've listened, I, I, I try and get better every day at something. So there's a lot of information out there right now. Um, and I won't go deep into that, but like, you can, you can research a lot of things right now. And when you brought this up to me and showed me the video, you know, one of the things I always look at people's feet and see what's going on there. Um, because the feet and the hip will, the feet and the hip will dictate where the knees go. Mm -hmm. um, somebody, I was once again watching something else and the, the gentleman talking was like, the knee's the dumbest joint in the body because it goes wherever the foot or the hip goes. It, it's dictated by other joints. So if you're, if you're limited in your mobility in your hip and your, your foot ankle or your hip, what's going to happen is it's going to put the stress on the knee. So you have to make sure that you have good ankle and hip mobility in order to make sure that you can keep the knees stable. Your body goes up from the floor to the top of the head. It alternates between a stable and a mobile joint all the way up to the top of your head. So you have to have a stable foot, a mobile ankle, a stable knee, a mobile hip, and it just keeps going up the whole way. So you wanna make sure that you have the mobility in the uh, ankles and hips so that you can sit back properly and get the depth that you need to get to. Um, people will argue depth on a squat. I'm not gonna argue with anybody about how deep you go. I mean, I think the, the, the years of going ass to grass, I think that they've come and gone. Um, but as long as you're getting to 90, and actually there's research out there saying that partial squats are actually better for sprinting mechanics. Mm. So, you know, it, it's one of those things, you, you gotta understand why you're doing what you're doing. Um, but partial, partial rep squats seem to, seem to aid in uh, the sprinting mechanics. Now, even going back to um, our younger guys and just starting to kind of prime their mechanics, which what I was, which what I was trying to do with Aiden. Um, mm -hmm. You're saying even, even I think you you alluded to something where just the way his body was positioning with the back squat, with his uh, shoulders going back more, and even holding the bow staff with no weight. Is, is probably not the best positioning for their body. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I've had time and I've made two, uh, I've made two sand balls out of two old basketballs. I have a 10 pound one and a 20, like 22 pound one. And my youngest son wanted to work out with the lighter one. 
because the the other one's heavy for him. And I had him hold it out in front of him, and we were working on triple extension. So I wanted him to throw it o- over his head, behind his head. But, you know, the main thing was when I looked at him getting down, I was – he would – his feet would move in and out to get down in a squat pattern. And I just tried to cue him that you want your feet to be slightly wider than hip-width apart. You want to stay up nice and tall, head up, chest up. You want to push your hips back like you're closing – like pretend that you have your arms full with something and you have to close a door behind you. So you want to push your hips back to make sure that you're, uh, you're, you're hinging at your hips. And then you sit down. Um, for a lot of for, – for yourself and for Aiden, well, the, with playing basketball, it's like boxing out. So yep. that's, that's a hip hinge. Um, for people that don't know how to hip hinge, what I would tell them to do is to stand like anywhere between like 18 to 24 inches away from a wall, have their feet a little wider than uh, hip width apart, uh, head up, chest up, bend their knees slightly, and push their hips back until, they, until their butt touches the wall. Now, um, in terms of mechanics for the front squat, um, I know that the positioning for the arms, a lot of people do it um, as like the, the end part of a, of a clean, yep. holding it like that. Um, in high school, I remember us doing it. We'd put the bar on that same area, but we'd cross our arms like this and then go down. Is there uh, an issue with either of those two ways or are both acceptable? Uh, I, I think they're both acceptable. I mean, if you're gonna do if you're gonna do cleans, you're you're gonna want to probably hold it in the clean in the rack position. It will just help with the shoulder mobility and the flexibility that you need to end in the clean, so that you're not destroying your elbows. Um, ideally, with so the you're front saying squat, you should you're saying use use the front squat as prep for the clean. Is that is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would I would use use it to aid in it because most people do not have the shoulder flexibility and mobility to get into that rack position. Um, you know, most people, once again, are anteriorly tight and posteriorly weak. Mm-hmm. So that's why you see everybody with rounded shoulders. So squeeze your shoulder blades together as I'm talking to you. Um, <laughs> um, but I would, I, would, I would start with a goblet squat, holding the, holding the dumbbell or a kettlebell in front of you keeping the elbows in nice and tight. And then I would progress to the front squat. And either way, whatever, whatever's most comfortable on how you want to hold it. If you want to hold it in the rack position uh, on a clean, or if you want to hold it with your arms crossed in front of you, just make sure that, you know, if it's getting to the point where you got to dump it, that you have the ability to dump the weight and not, and not land, not, not fall back and have it land on you. Cause that will hurt. Yeah. Yeah, that's the other thing that uh, I had to correct with Aiden, even with the back squat. He went, he arched his back when he got to the top. I'm like, man, if you had any weight on there, you're going overboard. Yeah, I mean, once again, um, having that having that good bracing ability in your core to make sure that you are able to hold that weight, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, I, if, if you're doing a squat, you're training your core as well. 
You know, it, you can't, you can't, you can't do a proper squat without training your core. Awesome. All right, let's leave it there, folks. There you have it. My friend is your friend. <laughs> Once again, we're just we're we're here trying to tr tr trying to provide information for athletes and their families so that they can make uh, better decisions on how to get to the highest level possible and be the best version of themselves. Absolutely. Tune in for the next one and uh, share our podcast with uh, your friends that are athletes or parents of athletes, please. All my best. God bless. Appreciate you guys. Stay safe. Peace. See you.